Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. I hope this finds each of you so very well. I'm speaking to you today from my studio in West Orange, New Jersey. Absolutely delighted to have this opportunity to once again interview author, medium, intuitive coach, and spirit-minded musician Heidi Connolly, who will be speaking to us today from Olympia, Washington. After graduating Harvard University, Heidi became a professional musician, worked as a corporate trainer in human resources, and went on to become the owner of Harvard Girl Word Service, a writing, editing, and self-publishing consultation business. Her first book, titled From Your Lips to God's Ear, encourages singles to align their conscious and unconscious minds with the energies of the universe to bring them together with their ideal love. Heidi co-authored From Your Lips to God's Ear with her husband, Randy, who transitioned in 2012. In 2019, I interviewed Heidi about her second book titled Crossing the Rubicon, about two lovers separated through loss of life on the physical plane who come to the realization that there truly is life after death on both sides of the veil. Heidi and I agreed that we are kindred spirits because both of our husbands had transitioned to the other side and each of us had experienced a rebirth. So today, it is my pleasure to explore Heidi's endearing and magical new book titled The Gateway Cafe, which is based on Randy's concept that we are all vacationing angels in each lifetime. Laced with spiritual wisdom, transformative insights, and delightful humor, The Gateway Cafe explores a compelling journey of awakening for Heidi's teenage protagonist named Thimble Allegra Smith. Through Thimble, Heidi explores the spiritual truth that we are all spirits on an evolutionary path who visit Earth many times to experience, learn, and evolve. This will surely be a fascinating and fun interview. And could it be that each of us is a visiting angel on vacation in each lifetime? Let's find out. Hey, Heidi, a very loving welcome back to Grief and Rebirth podcast. Well, I'm just so happy to be here. I love talking to you. Thank you. Well, we're going to get a lot of exercise in that in the next uh, some time. So here we go. <laughs> Let's start with this question. Please tell us about your own death and rebirth after Randy died, including how you learned that your heightened sensibilities at, that felt like curses were actually gifts of deeper perception and intuition. It's such a big question, Irene. Um, it's been almost, what is it, nine years now. And I still, when I heard you read my introduction, my first reaction is, who me? <laughs> who are you talking about? How could this be me? 
uh, how could this be the same Heidi? But um, Randy's death was such a, an overwhelming death for me as that Heidi. I didn't know how to live my life anymore. I didn't know who to be without him. I really fell apart. And I know that's hard for people to hear because we're all talking about how strong we should be, but that's the way it was. I, I mean, can relate to that. I can relate to that. I mean, totally. even though he was sick, and I know Saul passed in an accident, it doesn't really matter. People think, oh, someone is elderly. Oh, some no, a loss is a loss, and it depends on the relationship and who you are with that person, how you're going to process it. And I was a mess. But slowly, slowly, when I started hearing from him, and we wrote Crossing the Rubicon together in one night. Now you're able to actually hear him like you get. Actually, I have never heard you. I never heard anyone before in my life. I never heard anything. And I was just overly sensitive, overly emotional, depressed. I had anxiety disorder. I was just like that, but very high functional. And what happened was I was very angry that other people were hearing from him that who I knew. And I was just couldn't sleep at night. And one night I just woke up. I heard this voice wake me up and say, wake up, get out your pen and paper. We're going to write a book. And I knew it was Randy. I just wow. knew. And so I did. And that night we wrote this whole book together. The most important part of it, and this is what helps so many people that I work with, is how to develop a relationship with someone who's not in physical form anymore. I learned how to develop a relationship with Randy as spirit. So I adore this man. I adored him in physical form. I mean, he had baggage. He was stubborn. He still is. He tells me what to do. I have to listen. I mean, he's pushy and he was pushy then, but he taught me that I could have that relationship and learn from it and engage with it and evolve with him as a partner on the other side. And I think once people begin to understand that there is another side, so to speak, and that they are still present in our lives, you can build a relationship on that. You don't have to mourn them. I, I mean, I miss yeah. them, right? I mean, I know you miss your husband. I miss him, but I don't mourn him anymore. No, I agree with that. It's a, it's a, it, my mother passed um, in May and um, my mother and I, because she was in this world with me, she, she was in galleries. She, she communicated with different people. And I used to say to her, mom, you're just going to lose your earth suit or whatever. And I just coincidentally had made an appointment with a medium two months before my mother died. And I didn't know when my mother was going to die. Well, that appointment ended up being an hour and a half after my mother passed. And my mother came through with flying colors, with all kinds of descriptions, who met her, how happy she was, what was going on. And it was so different for me this time than it was with Saul because I, I'm happy for her. Yes. This time, I wasn't so lost because I know about this world and I knew she was okay. fine. I was literally, so I miss her. There are times I go, oh, mom, I want to call you right now or whatever, but I know she's around, right? It makes, it makes all the difference in the world. I it makes all the difference in the world to know that. And for people who say, well, I'm a skeptic and I don't really believe that. And I just say, well, try it on for size. 
because it can change your whole life. And if you're happier, what difference does it make? That's right. So tell me how these things that felt like curses were actually gifts of deeper perception and intuition for you. It's a real thing that I can't believe I never knew that no one ever mentioned in my whole life that these are indicators, sensitivities are indicators that you have a higher level of connectedness potential. So high anxiety, you're taking on the energies of other people. And so if, you, if, you, if you made a little kid say this little kid is very sensitive and cries easily or whatever, that may be someone who is more sensitive. Absolutely. And what happens is we get shut down. I mean, my pair was all about, this is our creative daughter. She's too emotional. She has to stop. You have to be able to, you know, stop crying, stop crying, stop do it, stop hearing, stop thinking, stop feeling. Even though I was loved, I'm not saying I wasn't. No, no, of course. Right? There's a sense of too much, too intense all the time. So you try to shut it down and live from your mind first. Well, if I think from my heart, I'm okay. If I think from my mind first, nothing works for me. So I got all the way to Harvard just, and that's where I collapsed. I just didn't know how to deal with the world. And I didn't know that being a high sensitive means that you literally wear the feelings of other people as if they're your own. So you're surrounded by the world. One minute you're happy, one minute you're sad, one minute you're angry, and and you think it's you and it's the rest of the world. And Randy's death and dealing with the spirit world and some mentors that I had taught me that these were just indicators of my abilities. So when I, so I don't get, I have my moments of sadness. We all do, but I don't, I'm not a depressed person anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, You're no longer like devastated. I don't have panic attacks. I mean, it was, I would have them all the time. I was lit oh with God. anxiety. Wow. 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 I don't have any of that anymore. That's fantastic. I'm happy yeah. for you. That's Thank fantastic. You. The gateway cafe was written in 2020, the first year of the pandemic. What inspired you to write the book? Aside from the fact that you were sequestered from the world and you had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, besides that, right? Um, I'll, I'll tell you, Randy told me about, channeled, about being at the Gateway Cafe before he died. And he said, angels hang out there to choose from a menu and he would choose a pepperoni and onion pizza. And that would be the next lifetime that you would come in as, as a human. And then a few years ago, when I started doing my meetups, and you said you didn't know how, you know, what a podcast was, I didn't know what a meetup was. And he's telling me to do a meetup and I end up doing them. And, and he starts to teach me what it means to be a vacationing angel. So over the last few years, I kept thinking, People need to know about this. This is what I'm talking about. We're spirit first. We, we come down here by choice. We choose a lifetime. And then Which we go here. Are you crazy? I chose yeah. these people in my lifetime? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, I mean, because they say, well, why would I do this? What the hell am I, what? Why would I choose this lifetime? It's been horrible. It's been difficult. I'm challenged. I don't understand. I feel like I'm from another planet. That was me. So... What I've learned is that we do come down here to be in this biodegradable human suit 
so we can experience the senses, the five senses, right? We can hear, we can smell, we can taste. We can't do that when we're right. energy. Right, and we learn lessons here. We come here to learn lessons. And we come here to evolve in a different way. So Randy's still evolving, Saul is still evolving wherever they are, but in a different way. Yeah. So I thought, well, if I made this choice, to be okay, to come in with curly hair and green eyes, to come in and play the flute eventually, you know, to go to Harvard and have a nervous breakdown, so to speak, to, to experience these things, to have a father in a wheelchair, whatever the experience was, if I made that choice and it's supposed to feel like a vacation, what can I do to enjoy it? And, and so the, um, I wanted to write about it. And nothing was coming to me. And I've learned not to push. What you resist persists. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to wait until spirit guides me. Sure enough, one day I wake up. And this was March, the first week of lockdown. And I heard it's time. So I went to the computer and I started. This is the same thing that happened with Crossing the Rubicon. I mean, I've never written a line of poetry until then. And all of a sudden I wrote 57 stanzas of poetry. Wow. And I just thought, what is it? It's all about being a vacationing angel, how we make the choices and what it's like coming down and why we, and I started to put it together and I thought maybe I'd do a children's book. And, and then I, a friend of mine said, we need more story. This is all very nice, but no one's going to read it. It's 57 stanzas of, it's almost like a lecture. It's pedantic, right? This isn't going to encourage anyone. And I said, I can't write a novel. She said, you've been rewriting people's novels as part of your business for years. I've rewritten a hundred novels. Yeah, I said, but I can't write a novel. And she can <laughs> of course you can write a novel. And I started to do it. And as I did it, it got more and more fun. Thimble Allegra Smith was a name that came to me like that. I didn't. I mean, I was going to ask you, how did you come up with Thimble? Uh, well, Allegra, I thought of Allegro, like with music. Yes, from music. But I don't know. And then there was a reason. I, the names in the book, for example, the name Ramey, I didn't know where that one came from. That's Thimble's best friend. And I was telling a friend of mine, every name in the book has a reason. I said, but Randy is one of those I don't know, like uh, initials of people I love, right, in my life. I said, some of my friends' kids, et cetera. I said, but I don't know where Ramey came from. She said, that's my son's middle name. Oh, my gosh. I said, no. heard the day before. So everything started to have a reason. Then I remembered my grandmother had a little bit of a thimble collection. And I had two of her thimbles. I never thought about it. It was not a collection. It was just something, I don't know. Everything came together. together. Everything came together. And the grandmother in it was based on my grandmother, T. And JM is based on my Bampi, my great-grandfather, Joseph Mordechai, who was this wonderful man. Everything in it had a, a reason. Had a reason. And there's so many great lessons in it that you teach through this story. So, but you introduced Thimble Allegra Smith to your readers as an urban teenager who is disillusioned, overwhelmed, over emotional, overly sensitive. We know where you got those two. And she's a misfit. So, what motivated you to create this complicated young protag protagonist in the throes of self discovery? 
be a life's toughest challenges? What motivated you to come up with a thimble? Thimble is really me, okay? I mean, she's tall, she's redheaded, she plays basketball. I was not. <laughs> I'm relatively small and I, you know, completely opposite physically. Everything else is really the way I felt growing up. And I guess, I still don't know, Irene, it was all given to me. It was all- I channeled. Yeah. I mean, I worked it. Let me, let me tell I worked on this novel. It, I'd work 10, 12 hours a day and just be ecstatic working on it. Uh, but I don't, I can't answer that except to say that it felt right. It had to be a teenager because that's when you start understanding how screwed up you feel the world is. That's when you start, the context starts to affect you so deeply where you say, I don't fit, I don't understand what's going on in the world. Why am I the way I am? Who am I? I, I and so that's when all that um, information gets so confused and, and sort of all bottled up. And so that's when I knew it had to be that. It had to be that time. Well, you made her so interesting that you really can't put it down. I have to say, she's really a fascinating young girl. And you're kind of rooting for her through, through it as you're learning. So please explain to us Thimble's up there, her down there, and her in between. And how do these locales apply to each of us down here? <laughs> or you know, so many of the angel movies. Did you see the movie Soul? The Pixar? Yes, I did. I did. I did. Yes. Wonderful movie. Yeah. Wonderful. And it's, it's, they have the up there and, you know, there's they, the little, um, when, when he dies, he goes up there and then he comes back down to New York City. But a lot of the afterlife, so-called, and a lot of the spiritual movies um, still focus on there's an angelic realm and there's a hell and there's a purgatory. There's this sense that you have to do good to get up there. And if you're really bad, you go down there. And then if you're in between, you're stuck. And I have never had that belief. Um, and what I've learned is that um, there's an up there, just calling it up there is this heavenly angelic realm. It's just easier to label it that way. Down here is just here. So Thimble grows up in Seattle, and that's where she lives. And then the in-between is that place where she has conversations with her higher self, where she has conversations with her dead grandmother, who, who travels interdimensionally with her uh, to guide her. And she's hysterical. I mean, she, she makes Thimble laugh. She plays hoops with her. Oh, yeah, she, she was funny. She yes, and, and and I don't know where it came from. It's just so great because I love her myself. She was great. You want to invite her back? Come back, hurry up, get another issue. Come on down here. Exactly. And you know what? She when she when Thimble's at the Gateway Cafe, that's the place that she meets all the angels who are choosing to have another lifetime and are right. trying to teach her. And how does this all happen? She wakes up in the morning that morning when the book opens and she has wings on her back. And she's just freaked out, as you can imagine. We would all be freaked out if we woke up with wings on our back. I would be freaked out. 
<laughs> so uh, now that we've been talking about it, please explain to our Grief and Rebirth podcast audience, what do you mean when you say that each of us is a spirit meant to live full lives in our own biodegradable body suits, which is, I find it to be a really freeing concept when you realize that stuff that's happening as your biodegradable bodysuit is getting older, it's because it's, it's biodegradable. So you want to explain that to everybody? <laughs> so I like it too, because it does say it goes back in energetically uh, and physically to the earth and the planet and regenerates. And they're learning all that about mushrooms too, this whole idea of the connectedness of everything. It's amazing to learn about it. And it changed my perspective on my life so deeply to see myself as someone on vacation that, that I did choose it, that this suit may disappear, but energetically I am part of the one. And when people come to see me and they want proof that I'm a medium, I say, I, I can't give you proof. You know, I might know what your mother's telling me, what your father's telling me. I might know what they look like. I might be able to give you information, but can I really tell you where it comes from? Can I, if I, when I die, will I then learn that everything I thought was not true? It, it may happen, but that doesn't even matter because what matters is that I live so joyfully now in the connections that I have. I receive my guidance from a place that enables me to process my life differently to say, it's okay. I come from a place of connection. I connect through music. I connect through my books. I connect through, through mediumship. It's all about that kind of um, heart coherence. And you know, I know this is slightly off subject, but I think it's really important. I was listening to I think it was David G meditation. He's guy on Instagram. And he said, COVID, co is from the Latin, of course, uh, meaning with and shared. Vid is from the Sanskrit, meaning awakening, wisdom, knowledge. Oh, that's interesting. So what you really have, shared awakening. And I did a group meditation on that in one of my workshops. And Everybody just, just came alive from it. This is a shared a time of shared awakening. Here I wrote this book during this time. We're given this ability as humans to understand consciousness, to evolve in consciousness. We can either open it, our heart up to it or close it down. And opening up gives me coherence. It gives me connectedness. It's the one thing we all really, really need. And so that's how it all came about. And that's what it means to me to be a vacationing angel. I, I agree with you because um, even though it feels like, and it is like our world is in so much chaos, hmm. everyone I talk to constantly tells me that we are evolving and we, we are in the age of Aquarius and we are going into a, a higher dimension, a higher vibration. So and maybe these things have to happen. I'm afraid it's really hard to 
feel that, right? Sometimes you just want to say, how could that be given the circumstances? But as you know, energetically, things don't look like what we perceive in our physical reality. And it's only when we set aside what appears to be a physical reality that we can tap into the energetic reality. And so I choose my world to be filled with people like you. I choose my world to be filled with people who are primarily loving and not driven by ego. And, and, and the work, if you call it that, is the joy of shining your light. And to help one high sensitive person who's afraid, I just got an, an email from someone actually today whose six-year-old is seeing a spirit. And she says, is this a bad thing? Should That's I tell beautiful. him it's his imagination? Well, you know my answer. This is, this is fantastic. Open the door, let Absolutely. him know he's normal. Let him know that, that if he, he's clairvoyant. He's got a gift. Instead of get what I would give to see spirit. I mean, I'm all these clairs, right? But I don't have that ability. And I would love to, it might be confusing sometimes to see them in the grocery store, but I would love to see spirit sometimes. And it's, these are gifts. So it goes back to the question you asked a while ago, how it, I came to realize these are gifts, not curses. But now kids. Absolutely. And you're doing this kid a big favor. And so glad that his mother was able to contact you because yeah. you're taking away the fear. Because a lot of kids who have that gift, it gets tamped down and they become afraid of it. And this kid can all he needs to do is learn how to temper it, how yeah. to, you know, work with it. But understand, yes, exactly. And when people come in their 50s and 60s and 70s to a meetup, I do. And they were shut down their whole lives. So they're physically ill. They're mm -hmm. emotionally stressed. They are afraid. They, mm -hmm. they said, I saw spirits, so I shut it down because I was afraid because I was crazy. What about negative spirit? What about all those horrible things that can happen? What about, I'm like, no, you know, and it takes us years to get there. So you, me, people like us, we're saying, don't be afraid. This is a good thing. You can open the door without fear and we can help you do it. Exactly. It's a blessing. You know, he's lucky. He's really lucky that his mom contacted you. Really? Really. Yeah. really. Thank you. Um, tell us about your multidimensional compass and explain how you intuitively, well, you're telling us about how you coach high sensitives to experience their sensitivities as gifts. What's your multidimensional compass, Heidi? Well, first of all, I've developed a tool that I call the Unique Energetic Signature. It's the UES. And what it is designed to do is identify within all of us the unique energy that's our own. It's like having a, well, what I call the I, IE, the I, IGS, the intuitive guidance system. So it's like, I have a compass in here and it sits where my energy sits. This is my unique signature. No one else has it, even though I'm part of the one, the drop in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so that, as long as I stay in my own alignment, and that's a word I use all the time, is if I stay in my own alignment, I will not be I will be secure and confident. I will speak the truth. 
I will hear from spirit. I will feel connected. I will know what I'm supposed to do next. I will know the next step. Should I send the email? Should I make a call? Is this the right time? Do I feel good about this? Where's the energy? And once I've located my energy, I know the difference. And so that's why it's it's sort of multidimensional on all planes of being and all levels. It says, this is where I know I can be the compass from. I'm here and it will direct me. And that's how the book is written. That's how I live my life. Right, and that's what you teach other people too, is how to do that, yes. which is wonderful. How can people develop a new kind of relationship with their loved ones who are now on the other side? And how do you use mediumship guided grief counseling to help people move through their grief? I'm telling you, this is great stuff because people who are really grieving and all, you could probably help a bunch of them really with this. So how can a person develop that new kind of relationship? Our loved ones on the other side are not gone. Exactly. I, the first thing is to validate first for me to validate and then for them to learn to validate for themselves that what they're seeing and feeling and smelling is real. So they'll say, well, I thought my mother was around or I saw a butterfly and I thought, you know, and then, but that's ridiculous because everyone knows that that's right. And so then we get into really an understanding of validation. And once people can, I don't like to think of it as crossing over a line. I like to think of it as entering into the space that opens. It's not a line, it's a space that opens and says, I can, I have perceptions that just because the science, and you know how, as well as I do, science and spirituality, look at Raymond Moody, look at all these people, science and spirituality is closer and closer. It's getting closer, yes. Been more, right? more proof of survival. It's all proved. Quantum physics, it's all proved. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting it into the consciousness of your average layperson who doesn't know. And so this is a way of saying once you know that what you're feeling and sensing is reality, then you can, the, the grieving is lessened, the knowing and connecting and love energy grows, it expands. So when Randy died, the grief covered me over like a blanket, I couldn't hear him. He broke through that and finally I could hear, which meant that I could open the door to understanding. And when I thought of him, the sadness that kept me moored into this dimension lightened. And then I developed, a so I have a lot a relationship with him still, but it's not like I'm waiting for him to come home every day. Right, no, I know. I mean, they're rooting for us and they know we're, we're, we have work to do and things to learn here, but they are our best fans. And, and, they, and they had to die. So to wake us up. To be with us in this way. I mean, yeah. we are partners with them and when people hear that someone's death is a gift, that's really hard. Well, let me tell you, it was really hard for me to learn that, but I can say that. And so can you, because we, we both grew tons. Yes, 
We both we grew so much. We because of it. Doing what we're doing. We wouldn't be helping so many people. Well, my God. Exactly. This is totally grew out of that. So tell us about the tools and techniques you've developed in partnership with Spirit that are integral parts of your intuitive life coaching process, because maybe some people want to go to you for life coaching. Mm. Okay. Pretty much all that we've talked about is, is incorporated in my methodology. I use what I call couch talk. So we put different energies on the couch. One of the biggest problems that we have as humans is that we label everything. So we label the, how do you feel, Irene? And you say sad or angry or mad or upset. Those labels don't help us. Oh, I think I lost you. Are you back? Oh, good. I'm here. Good. Um, so we label the energies to our own detriment. So if I can say, let's see, I feel angry. And I say, I'm going to be anger. And I'm going to put myself on the couch. Now I'm just an energy. What do I look like? Where do I feel it? Well, I feel this anger in my belly. What color is it? It's yellow. My anger is yellow. Why are you yellow? Now I'm yellow again. Why am I yellow? Because I feel, what does yellow represent? Um, well, to you, it might represent cowardice. To me, it might represent the sun. So people have experiences. They're unbelievable. I'm a black box. I'm sitting on the sofa. I'm closed. You can't open me. Oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, oh, I can be pried open. Okay, let's pry you open. What comes out? Well, there's a mouse in there. Well, can you tip the box? Can the mouse come out? We are every part. It's like being every part of your dream. And so we go through a process where we de, not devolve, but, um, you know, separate out the parts, take away the label, go into the energy and understand where it lives in our body because we're separated from that. We use the mental instead of the sensational. Emotional is a sensation. And if we can walk into that sensation, we can often understand what's really going on. I, I completely admire psychology, right? I, I, I studied social work. I completely admire a psychological approach, but it is not enough. Going back into my story and why I am the way I am and why I'm so screwed up about this, that, and the other is not going to help me anymore. I need to feel, and not just feel emotionally, feel in my body what I feel and respect it, identify it and work with it and transmute it. And well, because most of the things that we feel, if it's not processed, it does go into our body and sometimes it comes out as disease or... All the time. I mean, it's only a manifestation, right? It's a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. So... Tell me also about the healing energy work you're doing through your uniquely powerful, divinely guided flute music. Well, you as a musician know how, how amazing music is. I mean, all the work people are doing on uh, medical medicine of music is phenomenal. Uh, and so when Randy told me to play the flute again a few years ago, I said, forget it. I don't play anymore. And he pushed me into it. I played classical and I've been doing that for since then. But he said, 
I'm going to encode the music that you play. It will be improvisational, which was hard for me. Uh, and you will just play notes that we tell you to play and it will be encoded with healing information that people need. Wow. Amazing thing about this music, music bypasses human resistance. And I don't think people really understand that. They sort of think, well, music makes me feel good, but it can, we integrate into ourselves all the problems that we face as a vacationing angel, right? We, we face these things in what we call real life. They become embedded in us. Music can bypass it. So this is intentional music. I never know what's gonna come out. I never know, you know, I custom do music or I make something that's, you know, for fibromyalgia or depression. And they will guide me, my spirit team and yours will guide me to play the music I'm supposed to play so that those energies can redirect the cellular patterning in the body on its own. So I have people who stop smoking. I had one woman who actually stopped smoking and then stopped listening to the music because she wanted to smoke again. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Isn't it? Yes. And so, and you can listen on mute because the energy of the music doesn't have it's to be- vibration. Yes. I got it. Yes. And I can't believe it works, but it does. And the more, well, now I can, because the more I learn about it, the more I read and hear from scientists who are, you know, destroying cancer cells with music and frequency. And, you know, you could put electrodes on yogurt and, you know, all these things happen. It makes perfect sense. That's really interesting. And this is to me, for me, this is such an important question. Why is it important for each of us to shift our perspective to transform our lives, Heidi? I mean, so many people, they don't want to change. Oh. They don't want to, they don't want to move. It's too much hard work. So why is it worth it to do that? You know why? Because you just said it. Because then life isn't such hard work anymore. You know, I, I experience more ease in a day than I ever did in 50 years of living. I... I, I work at it. I don't even like to say that. I don't even like to use, I use- so What is the shift in perspective? The shift in the perspective is that this is not the only time around and that this is part of your lessons that you're learning and, and you know what I'm saying? And what are you, what, what is this about? As opposed to thinking of it as a finality, black and white. I would say that's the biggest shift. You know, if you believe this is the time around and then it ends and nothing ever happens, there's no such thing as karma, there's no such thing as any reincarnation, whatever. I think that gives you the doorway to, again, let's just take advantage. It doesn't matter what I do to anyone. It doesn't matter because I'll be dead and then I'll be gone and who cares? If you believe that there are other lifetimes, if you believe, uh, as I know that I've been other people in other lives, that... I can choose to come back or not. That's going to be my choice as a spirit. But I want to do the best I can. I want to be as loving and gracious as I can. I don't want to connect through hating. I don't want to connect through um, joining groups that work against something. I want to join up with people who are working towards something. You know, literally, 
it's the difference between having freedom from poverty and having freedom to enjoy abundance. I call money love energy units because I LEUs because I really believe that money is love energy and that I give and receive in the same energetic pulse. And that is my goal to receive with just as much pleasure as I give. And so those, that's the perspective shift. You know what it is? And it's that enables like it's, I'm sorry, I just, it, it just, to me, it's like you're conscious. I think it's the difference when people are conscious and aware. Yeah. yeah. And every day is an opportunity to raise my consciousness. Every day is an opportunity to ask the question, why am I doing this? Not psychologically, energetically. Does it matter to the world? Does it matter to the other drops in the ocean? Does it have a ripple effect? Is it better for the planet if I get depressed about what's happening? Or is it better for the planet if I shine my light? Okay, it's better if I shine my light. Well, I don't have one, then how can I shine? So how can I learn to shine, to be myself? How can I learn to do that by being authentic? How can I learn to do that? Which is why I do authentic writing workshops, authentic living workshops. It comes down to the same paradigms. So speaking of your workshops, tell me about all these workshops and things that you do um, that people might want to partake in. And do you do them all online? I have been. I have been. I have scheduled my first physical meetup in two years uh, here where I live in Olympia now at the library. And, um, but I've been doing them online. I do a free Zoom meetup periodically. You know, people can learn all about me at my website, of course, at HeidiConnelly.com. So let's but, spell that. Not everybody can spell Heidi. Yes, you're right. And not everybody can spell Connelly. Uh, it's H-E-I-D-I-C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y.com. And I actually offer workshops in writing your legacy letters. So helping people write their own obituaries. I help people write other people's obituaries. I actually do spirit guided wedding ceremonies, unions. Oh, how cool. I know. So instead of having a planned speech or of any kind, I go in and, and I channel people's spirit teams for their message for their union, which that is cool. Wow. And it's legal. It's legal marriage. You know, I got ordained. And um, I help people develop their intuition in these classes. I help them learn who they are as a vacationing angel so that they can be their authentic selves, appreciate themselves, help their children. Um, I get a lot of people who worry about their children and their grandchildren. And, you know, they're high sensitive everybody's. Right. People in their right. lives who are depressed and anxious. Do you have a special offer for everybody today? I do, yes. If you buy my book online, and if you do it through Amazon, which the Gateway Cafe, all my books are available there or on my website, you get a free Vacationing Angel musical recording that I am right now in the process of creating. So that's a free recording that you can play to help you integrate all the lessons of the Vacationing Angel and the Gateway Cafe. Um, I also offer 25% um, off 
all my intuitive mediumship coaching services right now. So anyone who says that they've heard us today um, will get that for as long as, you know, they, they anytime. Right. That's incredible. And this is really important too. Why, in your opinion, should everyone heal? do their healing work as the fake as vacationing angels that they are here in this lifetime. Why? Uh, uh, why? Because bottom line is if, if you think you need to heal from something, then you think you're broken and you think there's something that needs to be fixed. If you believe you're a vacationing angel here to navigate in the best way you can, you never believe you're broken. You never believe there's anything to fix. If every part of you is a drop of yourself in the ocean, then how can you hate any part of your body, your mind, or your spirit? So when you accept on a deep level of your being that you chose to be human for all of its experience and that you can navigate it in, in a way that will offer you the most joy, the so-called healing happens on its own. It, it's no longer a healing, it's a blossoming. It's a blossoming. It's beautiful. And um, Heidi Connolly, what is your tip for finding joy in life? That's it. You That's just it. Gotta be and accept your vacationing angelness All right. and, and love it and just love it and say, I'm human. There are things that are gonna be difficult but if I know I'm on vacation as a human, I, I, will, I will approach it from a different perspective. And that's what gets you through. And that's what guides you. And that's what brings you together, just like we are together right okay. now. I, mean, I love you. Thank you so much. And vice versa. I kind of see all of this as that you come here and as you're quote, close, quote, healing, you're giving up judgment and you're accepting yourself. Yeah. Because the spirit world has no judgment. No one. None. Unconditional, right? It's that's what unconditional love is. And I've had moments of that from the spirit world where then I remind myself, oh, that's what it feels like. I never knew what it felt like. And once you feel it, you never want to let it go. Once you feel it, it's so amazing that you just want to keep feeling it and sharing yeah. it. Right. Absolutely. It. Yeah. You pass it forward. Yes. Right. So to everyone, I want to say, and to Heidi that the Gateway Cafe and its spiritual truths speaks to all of us, but especially young adults in the throes of self-discovery via life's toughest challenges. Heidi, it is so cleverly written and so wise. Thank you again from the heart of one vacationing angel to the other for this fascinating and fun and very wise interview. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.